Hello, this is Chase McKinney. Please be advised that the messages discussed in this podcast are of a mental health nature. While I am a counselor, I am not your counselor. This podcast should not replace professional services rendered to you by a mental health professional. If you feel you are in need of one, please seek one out. Hey everyone, welcome to the very uh, first official official episode of Reframed. I'm your host, Chase McKinney, and I have a very dear friend of mine with me today, uh, Paul Page, who I know from doing Doctor Who cosplay and uh, the convention scene, uh, is with me today. And today we're going to be talking about an episode from Star Trek The Next Generation, and we'll tell you more about that here in just a little while. But first, we're going to be on the hunt. And uh, you know what that means? No business, just talking about what's going on with life so we can try and, you know, be a little bit more personable, um, you know, and, and be real with each other. Um, so to kick that off, um, nothing really has been going on <laughs> too much for me. Uh, my wife um, and my daughter, as we're recording this, are uh, in Dallas right now. They're at a Harry Potter convention called LeakyCon, and um, I'm just enjoying this rainy day here in uh, the Fort Worth area of Texas. So uh, thank goodness for the rain. We've been in one heck of a drought, and uh, I'm just glad that we have some rain, that I don't have to, you know, use water from the city to, you know, water my lawn and, and pay a high water bill. Um, other than that, I'm just getting ready to go on a little trip out to Virginia Beach and start the PhD program, which is both exciting and nerve-wracking all at the same time. But uh, that's that's just the general gist with me. Uh, I'm going to throw this over to Paul, let him introduce himself, and tell you all what's going on with him. Hi, everybody. My name is Paul Page. Uh, on Facebook, I go by Jedi Jed. That's where most of Chase and most of my other friends in the convention circuit know me. Well, let's see. Uh, by trade, I'm an accountant, CPA. Do I'm finance manager for a large fence manufacturer. Uh, my personal life, well, right now, I'm, I'm, my oldest daughter has been going to community college for about a year and a half, but my middle child, she's just directly been accepted to Stephen F. Austin up in Nacogdoches to, That's study, exciting. Yeah, to study environmental science. It didn't really hit me until about a week ago when she pretty much was finalizing her financial aid and saying, <laughs> hey, i got to go to the store and buy some stuff for my dorm room, yeah. and can you take me up there for check-in day? So I was like, okay, so now I've got to rent a hotel room, and we're heading up there next Friday to, I think, on the 24th. And then she won't be living at my house anymore. And that's, that's I, you're, you're a young parent now, Chase. You've got a new new baby, but boy, when your baby leaves the house to start a new life, that uh, that's quite a shocker. I'm proud of her, and I'm excited about it, but, you know, it doesn't... Uh, it's just that next phase of life I'm yeah. going into. But. Yeah. I can only imagine what it's going to be like when, you know, she goes, when, when my daughter goes off to, you know, kindergarten or first grade. I remember how I felt just her going to daycare for the first time and how much of like a, a pull that was on my own heart, just like leaving her at daycare for the day, let alone shipping, you know, a child off to college and wishing them well. Oh, boy, but when they go to kindergarten, they come home, they're so excited, they're learning things, they're meeting new people. I, I think it's really, you're, 
it it's uh it's happy moments. Hey, kindergarten's great. You know, everything you turn in, you get an A on it. I mean, you can't <laughs> Finger do that. painting, yeah, nap really time. Great. I mean, come on now. A lot different than having to defend a thesis in front of a bunch of stodgy professors. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if they're going to be stodgy since I barely know them, but I'm hoping for the best. They seem like some pretty good folks over at Regent University. So, um, well, that's good. Um, uh, anything else that you want to talk about? Any cool or nerdy things that are oh, going nerdy, on. nerdy things are always happening that's how i unwind i'll just building a few props and okay having fun with that but right now i'm just trying to you know organize that getting my daughter off to college yeah that's the priority right now rather than worrying about yeah. screen accuracy of like a, a star trek or a, or a, a doctor who or whatever oh, type yeah. costume yeah yeah well that's why i'm enjoying this break to get to come up here to your nice home in nasal and just kind of relax and have yeah. this discussion about one of my favorite franchises star trek yeah and we'll we'll be getting to that here in just a little bit uh before that though just wanted to give the listeners an update on um some uh channel 49 news this is the portion where we talk about uh, any type of mental health um, ongoing type stuff and I was at a lunch yesterday um, with some great men. We were talking about uh, putting together some continuing education uh, programs for uh, professionals here in the North Texas area. And there was some news that's coming out of the American Counseling Association, and it may impact uh, counselors that, um, that may be of faith or that are of faith. Um, there's it's it's an article that's drawing um, attention to potential ethical issues on whether to allow or disallow something um, in terms of how we affirm uh, certain behaviors or if we affirm certain types of worldviews and um, I'm not ashamed to say it I am a, a counselor that is of faith my my degree is actually from um, a faith-based institution and my PhD program will be at a faith-based institution um, but my job as a counselor is not to um, evangelize my job is not to uh, you know proselytize anyone in any way my job is to be there to be present with whoever my client may be at the time and to listen and to be present with them and just because I have a certain worldview does not mean that it makes me less of a counselor um, I feel like it's just an extra tool in my tool belt. Um, so I'll tell you more about that as I learn more about this article. I don't want to um, speak out of turn and come off as ignorant to the issue that's at hand concerning this. Uh, but it's the way in which it's written uh, could potentially be an issue from an ethics perspective uh, to essentially shut down faith-based counselors. So. Um, I'm not going to go into any any more than that, so we'll leave that alone. Um, just you know, pay attention to our our Twitter, um, our different social media that we'll be creating. Um, Twitter, it's um, at Reframed Pod. If you want to follow us there, uh, if you want to email us, it's uh, ReframedPod at gmail.com. We just recently got an Instagram set up, and soon enough we'll be creating a community on Facebook. We will have a Facebook group to where you can interact with um, us on that way, and hopefully build a community and. Be able to build some friendships that way, uh, regardless of where we are in the world. So, this week's show, we will be talking about an episode uh, from one of my favorite franchises. Um, kind of how Paul might have 
uh, led on. Uh, today we'll be talking about an episode from the 1987 Star Trek, uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. Now, this episode is not going, or this particular episode that we'll be talking about is not going to be coming from episode, the first season. It'll be coming from actually season six, so it's actually going to be coming towards the end of the run of Star Trek The Next Generation. This is um, Star Trek uh, Next Generation Season 6, Episode 3. It's called Man of the People. What an episode, huh? What an episode. Oh, yeah. That, that was a great episode. Actually, one of my favorites. I think it was at the beginning of of uh, the episode when you have like this little snippet of the name of the ship they're on, which is the Dorian. And um, I think the story was actually based off of the Dorian Gray, mm-hmm. um, or the picture of Dorian Gray, where um, this guy was like living a very, um, I think it was like a hedonistic type of lifestyle, and he wanted all of his negative stuff. He didn't want to age, basically, so he wanted the pain to age rather than him age. And um, anyways, that ended poorly for him. It ended very poorly for Alcar. And... And that's just the long and short of it. So, um, from this episode, Paul, what are some things that, um, I guess, that you pulled from it or that you noticed from it? Well, the whole concept of not having to deal with negative emotions, I mean, that's in a per yeah, everybody would love to have that. You don't want to have to deal with the emotions of some fight you had with somebody or an argument that you later regret saying things you've said. Mm-hmm. Everybody feels that way, but... Those are the things that make us stronger as as builds our character. Then you learn, oh, maybe you shouldn't have said that. Then maybe you won't the next time. Yeah. This guy found a way to channel all that negative energy so he could be the perfect mediator. So to advance his career, he decides to dump on some other innocent soul and let them harbor all these negative feelings. Right. Which I which in the first scene with Troy, her immediate she, she starts taking on some of these negative feelings that he would have been feeling anyway. He probably had attraction to, towards her. Well, that immediately gets channeled into her, and she starts approaching him her, yeah. with that same aggressiveness. Absolutely. So all of those feelings he doesn't want to have in the mediation room or to better his career, he throws them into, the, in, into Counselor Troy just because she's an empath somewhere, right. and she's able to fulfill that role absolutely and like that's the thing like you know if we can think clearly yeah we're going to be able to make better decisions we're going to be able to think clearly and you know hopefully be doing better overall and and we have these things called emotions that you know can you know run afoot and cause issues uh for us and i think that this episode does a good job of talking about um emotional baggage and uh even in like the 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 ceremony that alcar does with multiple people uh even to an extent of like spiritual garbage if you even wanted to look at it that way as well into pain yeah it was um what did he say the i have it here an end to grief an end to pain strength comes from love and courage from wisdom those are interesting words to choose i think you know, like, we're just an end of grief, an end of pain. So there's no more sadness, there's no more pain. 
Well, to quote an old uh, an old Star Trek movie from Kirk, I think it was Star Trek Five. He says, "I need my pain." I need my pain. Yeah. You can't wave a magic wand and get rid of pain. That's right. what we we have to live. With. We have to integrate all those feelings into our life to be successful people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't experience pain, how can you recognize it in someone else and be empathetic? And empathy is another. That's a quality of a good leader. Especially should be a quality of a negotiator. I think that might be where some of this might. Paul Carr's methodology would fall flat, that how can you really understand two peoples that have lost families on either side of a war, and you're in negotiations with them without understanding the pain of losing right. somebody. And exactly. maybe he had it, but he doesn't want to deal with it in that situation. Exactly. Exactly. I think this, in, in terms of you know, mental health, we, we have to have the goal of dealing with the bad emotions, if there are bad emotions, or the negativity, rather than getting rid of them. Mm -hmm. You get rid of the bad, you also get rid of the good in some instances. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, we, most people will experience stress, typically, uh, or anxiety, um, maybe even even to a degree, a type of depression, um, like in the workplace, with um, no job fulfillment. Um, and, or just feel like they have like really crappy bosses or crappy coworkers that just make life heck for them. Uh, and that's pretty much everywhere we go. We just have to learn to live with those situations. Same thing with like family life. There are stressors that happen at home, um, things that are out of our control and, you know, we can learn to either take care of ourselves and manage the stress the anxiety that we're experiencing, or we can lash out at others and still just, and feel just as bad as we did to start with. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we don't need to be using other human beings as, you know, our, our uh, whipping post as our, as our garbage dump or anything like mm-hmm. that. Um, you know, I think it, it takes a certain degree of, of introspection for, and it, it takes practice for people to start to notice um, perhaps what self-care looks like for them. So for me, the way that I, I would relax um, and I, I tend to manage stress is I like to be outside. Um, outside, already, the great outdoors already has um, you know great benefits like with natural air and with sun uh, the sunlight and everything um, and how that affects our body and how it affects our brain um, firing off endorse endorphins and um, other uh, positive neurotransmitters that affect our body in a very positive way um, so just being outside and appreciating the great outdoors and to add on to that um, landscape photography is something that I truly love to do um, doing like this kind of stuff like voiceover voice acting type stuff uh, and not not that this is any less, but you know, spending time with my my wife and my daughter um, is something that is just great. Um, you know, my I could be having a horrible day. I can look at my um, my daughter's eyes and just just like that, you know, it, it seems to go away. Sometimes it does, doesn't I should say. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, but there's more times that it does than it doesn't. I'm just having a really bad day. It doesn't seem like there's any good in the world. Um, and if there are people that are hearing this and they can relate to that, I know what you mean.
you know, not all hope is lost. But enough of that. I mean, what are just hearing me say some of that stuff, Paul? Like, what are um, like what are some things that that you know you're aware of that you might do when you're having like a bad day, or you're feeling stressed or anxious about something? Oh yeah, I I fall immediately to physical activity. I get up out of my desk if I've got a problem I'm not able to solve and I'm under a time crunch, mm-hmm. which happens quite a lot in my in my field of work. I just get up, go downstairs, and go outside. We're on the eighth floor of a office building. I don't I don't get out and look at a lot of trees. There there are quite a bit of oak trees out on mm-hmm. the Webb Chapel area, so it's um, you know it's nice to get outside, talk to some other people that are out, usually smoking, which I have quit, but <laughs> I still go outside and talk with my friends. That that's one way. Um, I think. Uh, you know, definitely we're, we're wired to be outdoors. I mean, most of human existence has been outside and unsheltered. We're nomads. We're used to walking. Mm -hmm. I have a friend of mine that you, you also know that, uh, he does a lot of walking. I went for a walk with him and four miles. That's a, that's his average walk. walk I was, I was pretty dead the next day after that, but that's a great way to, to relieve stress is just go for a 15-minute walk. Yeah. And um, you can't... Again, this episode talks... You know, this guy's found a way to wave a magic wand and get rid of all the stress. But that... I actually think stress can sharpen you if you channel it correctly. Mm. You know, use it to get yourself excited to continue pursuing a problem that may be Mm -hmm. happening. Now, that's with... You know, when it's... I'm talking work-related stress, not so much the interpersonal nature of work. Right. Generally, the way to keep from getting the real big interpersonal strife at work is to stay professional. Mm -hmm. I've had people yell at me about a problem before, but answering them in a calm voice, that kind of bring, you know, diffusing situations. Actually, you can find someone has issues with a problem co-worker, maybe you look at it as a challenge for yourself to diffuse every time the situation, every time they escalate it, and see how you'll start to find gratification on that because people then they'll that person will start reacting positively. Right. And you can see that change happen right in front of you. Mm-hmm. And, and like you, you pointed out when it comes to stress, I think there are different types of stress. I mean, oh, there, yeah. There's the stress where it, it, um, it causes us to perform and to meet deadlines and that's a healthy type of stress to have. But when stress becomes uh, paralyzing where it, gets you get to the point where you know you're just sad all the time you're feeling worthless and hopeless when you're you know you don't really feel like doing anything that you used to find enjoyable you know that's when you start going down that path of of depression and that's when Mm -hmm. uh, you know you really need to um, to look at at what the stressors are in your life and take stock of what you have the power to change and what you don't have the power to change and realizing what you don't have the power to change can really suck when you think about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, recognizing it and being able to uh, figure out a way to, to work through it, work around it, can be beneficial for like your mental, emotional health, um, as well as your interpersonal relationships. And if it becomes too overwhelming, then you know obviously seek out um, some type of mental health professional. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't want you... Um, I definitely don't want anyone listening to this um, thinking that, you know, if if you're feeling hopeless or anything like that, I don't ever want you to think that you have to 
go to taking your own life or taking someone else's life. If you ever feel that way, um, you know, I'd, I'd encourage you to uh, find a friend that you can trust and be real with. Um, you can call me up, you can go to my website and we can figure something out. But um, you can also call 911, go to your nearest emergency room if you're feeling that way. Or you can call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, which is 1-800-273-8255. 1-800-273-8255 is the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. It's staffed 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. You can remain completely anonymous on that call if you want to. But there is always someone that um, is willing to talk to you. Um, even if it doesn't seem like it in the moment. Well, I always like to tell people when one door closes, another always ends up opening. Mm -hmm. And you may have 20 doors close on you mm -hmm. before you find one that's open. Mm -hmm. But I'll tell you, where there's life, there's always hope. No yeah. matter how dark things get, no matter how bad you think your emotions are and you wish you could just be rid of them, uh, that's kind of one of the lessons of this, this episode. It's like... There's really no good comes of getting trying to just take a shortcut, easy way out of things. It's going to be there's going to be work and there's going to be hard times ahead, but once you're through that, yeah, it's. Just, so I thought this would be uh, pertinent to what we're talking about today with what happened um, in this Star Trek episode, um, but relating to stress, chronic stress um, will disrupt nearly every system in your body. Uh, it can suppress your immune system, upset your digestive and reproductive systems. Um, it can have an increase in the risk of heart attack and stroke, and it can speed up the aging process. So how appropriate that the aging process was sped up for um, Troy and, and, yeah. and Maylor. They had a lot of really bright writers on that they did. staff, especially when they got near the last seasons. After season two, I wouldn't make that bold of a statement, mm -hmm. but after the writers' strike and they, they really started coming up with some really mm -hmm. pertinent stuff. I know that, um, like with Troy and even with, um, you know, Maylor, um, with the um, um, arousal type stuff that they were going through throughout the episode, I did find this um, interesting. This is from uh, the American Psychological Institution, what I'm about to read. It says, in the male anatomy, the autonomic nervous system, also known as the fight-or-flight response, um, produces uh, more testosterone and activates what's called the sympathetic nervous system, which creates arousal. Stress causes the body to release uh, the, the hormone cortisol, uh, which is produced by the adrenal gland. So That's not all too good for your heart either. Yeah, it's not, not, yeah. not too good for your heart, no. Well, you know, my theory on stress, I mean, those all those symptoms are also symptoms of sedentary lifestyle, not exercising, not eating mm -hmm. right. A lot of times, a good a good start for anybody is to have a pretty regular exercise routine. Get out, and get active, yeah. and that's. And it's not it's not like you know Paul or I think that you should do like couch to marathon like in a, no, at no. the snap of a finger. I mean, even like most physicians, they're going to suggest that you get about 30 minutes of exercise a day. If you can't do each day, you know, try and, and shoot for three to five days a week. And that could be 30 minutes of walking around your neighborhood, walking around a park, um, going in, you know, on a treadmill at a gym or whatever. Just something to where you're moving your body, you're getting the blood and the oxygen um, you know, going on in your body um, so that you're having more of a healthy lifestyle. Because if your body 
and your mind uh, will react um, that way. And and I thought it was interesting, um, based on what I just said, that um, Troy, when they were wrapping up the exercise class, said, you know, sometimes uh, my body has a problem conforming to my mind's wishes. Oh, yeah, I'm seeing that a lot now at my age. <laughs> <laughs> 56 this, this last June, and yeah, I can't do the same number of burpees that I used to be able to do without having a, right all the aches and pains. You know, I'm I'm in my 30s, and I mean, even a decade of being out of um, you know Air Force ROTC, um, I can't run as far and as long as I used to. Um, I can't do as many you know suicides or uh, like running back and forth, touching lines on a gym floor, um, or burpees. I can't do that anywhere near as much as I used to. And I'm in my 30s, for crying out loud. I was 21 when I did that nonsense. Anyways. Um, I mean, there. Uh, do you think there's some other things that we should consider from this episode, Paul? Well, I noticed that I think you made a mention earlier that if you, if you have any issues you feel like you feel hopeless, feel upset. You gotta find a friend to talk to. Well, Riker was always real close with, with Deanna. Well, he mm-hmm. immediately noticed some changes in her. Yeah. I mean, the first when she barged into ten forward in the that provocative see-through dress and mm-hmm. you know demanded all cars' attention. Riker drags her out in the hall, and pretty much dresses her down as a yeah. like a junior cadet. Mm-hmm. And he says. What the heck were you doing in there? What, the, what was yeah. that about? I mean, that was one of the Riker... I always like those Riker moments when, you know, he has to discipline somebody really harshly because usually he leads in a very laid-back way because yeah. most everybody does their job as expected. and mm-hmm. You know, he's he's got a pretty good role as first officer, but there he had to step out and bring out the, the disciplinarian. Right, and that's know, not the first time and, that he's done something like that. Oh, yeah, with Barkley when he had that one guy who had the holodeck addiction yeah he's missing staff meetings and yeah. so forth yeah, he's had moments where he's had to do that but but he knew that was that was out of character for her mm-hmm. so something was going on and with her at that point yeah. that was causing these behaviors yeah. and a lot of times when when you have a lot of negative emotions or you're very angry about something and then you're tired and you're worn down that's kind of a lot of the symptoms she was feeling yeah. she's taking all this burden into her system. If you're tired and you're angry, you're going to say things you shouldn't, you know. Absolutely. That's always a, someone once told me, if you're, if you're traveling, if you've got a meeting, let's say I've got a meeting in Georgia, I've got to fly there. Mm -hmm. He said, don't sit in a meeting and sign any agreements for 24 hours after you've landed. Let yourself rest and get acclimated because you know, there's always a chance of you putting your foot in your mouth or maybe missing something. Mm -hmm. I mean, when we get tired, we make mistakes. When we're worn out and angry and irritated, mm-hmm. say things we we don't mean. Well, that's kind of what she was doing right there, only it was amplified about 150 times. Right, right. But, I mean, like, using the, you know, the caricature of that, I think, is just, it puts it really well. And, you know, when it comes to, to anger itself, I mean, anger stems from... Really, stress and anger both stem from the feeling of fear. They're they're fearful of something. So, I mean, we've heard from a different franchise, from a very wise green alien, Yoda, 
It says, you know, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. And, I mean, yeah, it's it's a pop culture, you know, line that he has, but there's so much truth to that. And when it comes to the fear, when it comes to the anger, the stress, the anxiety, the hatred, the suffering that we may inflict upon people, you know, it's not us that's really speaking, it's the, the hurt that's speaking. And most people, I found out, when they're experiencing stuff like that, they don't really want to hear you saying, this is what you ought to do. Mm -hmm. That's right. You're already in the moment. And... Yeah. They just want you to be there and have be willing to throw your arm around their shoulder. And I think that's some of the best thing to do in the moment. And like you're saying, like you get, you know, you get a place for like a vacation or a business trip. Don't do anything right away. Just relax. Take in, you know, just rest before you do anything. Um, I mean, in fact, my wife and I, we went on a road trip. Uh, what was that? Almost, three, I think it was three years ago. We went out to California, and we've been traveling for hours and days and everything. And we got to Santa Monica. We found this palm beat or this palm tree on the beach, and we sat in the shade for six hours and did nothing. And then we had fun the next day. So perfect example. Good self care right there, guys. Um, I don't know. Was, I, mean, um, I think that's that's some pretty good stuff to talk about so far for today. Uh, is there anything else that you want to mention that, you know, from what you gleaned from the episode? Well, I like the, I really like Picard's reaction when the guy tried to justify his reason for dumping all of his negativity on another person at their expense, have them suffer so mm -hmm. he can do something that's great and bold and mm -hmm. create peace. There's a few analogies and the other great people have used mm -hmm. Other people say interns, yeah, so forth, and dumped on them and mm -hmm. used them for the betterment of their career. Mm -hmm. Has a little bit of that. Some of these analogies you see in Star Trek probably can be applied to some of our politicians these days. Not I'm, that I want to go down that path. Right, with right. Yeah, we're we're not going to go down that path. <laughs> but I think I think Star Trek, like a lot of franchises, but I'm I'm pretty biased. I think Star Trek does a fantastic job of critiquing society and providing um, options on how we think about things, whether it's this or it's, you know, looking at hope or how we deal with, um, I don't know, just people that are different from us and everyone's different from us. So that's just Star Trek. That's life. But and Troy had a lot of people around her who cared about her and recognized mm -hmm. when she's out of character that could intervene and help. Not everybody has that. It's, it's always good to, find a person or find a hotline or find somebody you can always have there on call right. to pick up the phone if, the if fact, things go south like that. The fact that she she hurt Picard with a knife, even though it was superficial, the fact that she had a knife in her hand who could have done deadly harm to him, and he was, if I can just say it this way, he was willing to love her through it, mm -hmm. you know, and not, you know, drop the hammer on her mm -hmm. was pretty cool. I mean, that's... That's true compassion. You know, when you truly care about someone, you look past the hurt that they're feeling and you just love them where they're at. And I hope that this episode of this podcast and this episode of Star Trek helps y'all listening. Um, you know, if you ever interact with someone that's hurting like that. Um, again, 
And the knife could be more of a metaphor. Yeah, too. the knife is definitely a it's metaphor. Just, yeah, you know, saying really horrible things to somebody and then saying, "Gosh, why did I do that?" And they they take them, you know, as a mm-hmm. parent, as a spouse, however, and say, "Look, I understand you're upset," and you know, but they got that person, that Picard there, that wants to mm-hmm. shoulder the burden to help them through that rough right. time. Right. And for anyone that's never seen um, either. Star Trek The Next Generation or any of the Star Treks, um, I would highly recommend that you check it out. Um, whether you want to stream it or you want to go buy it, I don't get a cut for this. I just think it's a great uh, show, um, great franchise. Um, I went back. Star Trek The Next Generation is my Star yeah. Trek. Um, that's the one that I relate to and love the most. But I've gone back and um, I watched them all, except for the animated series. I haven't watched that one. Um, and I have seen the first episode of Star Trek Discovery. Star Trek Discovery Season 2 uh, will be coming out um, early 2019. And if you haven't heard, and you are a Star Trek fan, um, Patrick Stewart himself is going to be coming back in um, a new show. He'll be reprising his role as Captain Jean-Luc Picard, or maybe just Jean-Luc Picard. I don't know if he's going to be a captain. We'll see. But um, exciting times ahead for um, the Star Trek uh, fandom. And um, can't wait to see what happens. And I look forward to doing another episode around Star Trek somewhere down the line. Um, so glad that you're able to join me, Paul, and have this conversation. I thought we talked about some really good stuff. And um, uh, if people want to, you know, interact with you and find you, is there uh, any social media or ways that they can get in touch with you? I'm Jedi Jed, just about on every social media, Instagram, okay. Twitter, and Facebook. So. Okay, so you're at Jedi Jed on, on Twitter or something? Correct. Okay. Correct. And Jedi Jed on Instagram and right. Jedi Jed and on, on Facebook. Facebook. All right. Yeah, I kind of a bit of a backstory on that. I just don't want to – I don't take myself seriously in sure. cosplay and acting. I like to have fun with yeah. it. You know, I grew up – even though I grew up in the city, my family's from the country, kind of like hillbillies, old mm-hmm. Jed Clampett, but yeah. only hillbillies. So I said – I don't mix that with the Jedi. <laughs> Me and a buddy of mine at work were talking about that and coming up with ideas, and we landed on that one. I thought, yeah, that's pretty funny. I think I'll stick with that one. There you go. Well, um, that's it for uh, this uh, this episode of Reframed. Um, if you want to follow um, us and stay up to date, uh, follow us on Twitter at ReframedPod. You can email us at ReframedPod at gmail.com. Um, soon enough we'll be posting on Instagram again, ReframingPod and uh, if you have any questions, uh, comments reactions to this week's episode just get in touch with us, send us a tweet send us an email, we'd love to hear from you Um, hope you're doing well thank you for listening and stay dapper we'll see you later